Good morning and welcome to Monday morning, August the 28th in 2023 on When I Rise. Say we begin year A, proper week 17, which is the 14th Sunday after Pentecost. And on the Monday of the week, we'd like to take a look at the Old Testament passage, which comes to us from this week from the Revised Common Lectionary. In this week of the church's calendar year, and so we find ourselves back in the book of Exodus, Exodus chapter 3, verses 1 through 15. So let me read that passage, provide a couple points for reflection, and then we'll spend our time praying along the theme that we find there. Thanks for making us part of your morning on When I Rise. Let's allow our souls to rise and meet God together in the time of prayer. Exodus chapter 3, verses 1 through 15. Now Moses was tending the flock at Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in the flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that the bush was on fire, but it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush did not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses, and Moses said, Here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this Moses hid his face, because he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians, and to bring them up out of the land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. Now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you, and this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will go worship God on this mountain. Moses said to God, So suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me, and they ask me, What is his name? Then what should I tell them? God told Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites, I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, Say to the Israelites, The Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, has sent me to you. This is my name forever, the name you shall call me from generation to generation. This is the word of God for us. Scholars make a couple of careful references to uh, this calling of Moses from the burning bush. And um, there's also something from, uh, oh, what, what would you call it? Probably some more mystical rabbinical teaching about uh, the burning bush. So we've already talked about how this is a, a great, uh, I don't know, belief statement or a faith statement about who God is, right? Um, we think Exodus was written first, and this is the first you know, interaction that a human being has with God, and it's Moses. And uh, I think there's a couple of critical elements about a call here. The first one is that uh, this bush is a strange sight. And I think if this uh, prescribes any other call of God to any other human being, there's an element of strangeness 
about being called, right? Um, it, it could be something where like our career drastically changes or a couple of different circumstances um, cause us to reconsider our path and to pick a new one. Uh, a good friend of mine um, was, he had a great job, family business, and came home one day, told his wife that uh, they were going to pick up and move away from their town, go to another town to take an internship opportunity at church. So they're, they're going from like business owners and all the freedom and the opportunity that I afforded to like going all the way back to square one and being an intern, you know, in order for him to learn the ropes for ministry. And uh, it probably sounded like foolishness at the time. It was probably a huge leap of faith for, the, faith for them, but it has panned out. And he's got a great ministry career with he and his spouse working together and uh, raised great kids uh, who have eyes of faith and are living the faith as well, right? But it starts with something peculiar. And I think that that is something worth considering, but it's also something quite common. Uh, a bush is a pretty common thing. You take a half an hour walk around your neighborhood, you see hundreds of them, right? What's interesting, though, is that scholars know that there's only two times the word bush uh, ever mentioned in the Old Testament. It's here, and it's in the the book of Deuteronomy, where Moses is singing a song right at the end of his life. And this seems to be a neat little bookends uh, to the story of Moses. Um, Sure, we know of his birth narrative, and uh, we see how he emerged to power, he had to go into hiding, but uh, his uh, lineage with God, personally, it starts with this bush, and then it ends with him singing about God who appeared to him from among the bush. And uh, what's what's cool also about this Hebrew word is that it's closely uh, related to the word for mountain. And so where are the two places where God encounters Moses with fire, but it's this fiery bush, and it's the fire of the mountain of God, uh, where the theophany of God had not just appeared to Moses, but appeared to all people. Um, but Moses is doing a pretty common thing here. There's a sense where... He's way too old and way too skilled to be doing the job that he's doing, but he's in Jethro's territory, his father-in-law. Maybe he's just trying to earn his keep around there, but he's like doing something that little kids do, or even like, I don't know, uh, you know, younger women who who aren't betrothed to be married yet uh, in order to kind of keep busy and to be able to give back to their families. And so (laughs) could you imagine like the, the gang of thieves who are the shepherds in this community and like Moses is like the old guy, you know, hanging around, how strange that would have been. But uh, the rabbis, the mystical rabbis uh, from a stream of Judaism, they'd say, you know, really every bush burns, but to Moses was just still enough to see it, right? It'd be a a crazy sight to see a bush burning, but not consumed. And what the rabbis are trying to teach is that God gives us close encounters all the time. We're just way too distracted, right? Way too preoccupied with a list of things, probably a list of good things. But if we're not building in margin in our life to be still and to contemplate and meditate, we're going to miss these near encounters with God again and again. But since Moses was so bored <laughs> doing some kid's duty, he was still enough to behold God. And it was something that changed his life. And so perhaps a couple of things that we can build into our own life if we want to be prescribed as one who is seeking the calling of God. Number one, to try to watch the patterns and then something sticks out, something that's different and distinct. Uh, let's pay a closer attention to it. You know, remember those like microscopes in science class? They had these, the different power, like the um, different X where you can get closer and closer zoom. Like what if we like look for the patterns that are common and then something that's unusual instead of like saying, ah, that's kind of unusual. Keep going on with our day. Like stop and pause and like get, get the higher, you know, the higher scope in order to look closely at the matter because maybe God is drawn near to us in the midst of that anomaly. 
The second thing would be is to build boredom into our lives. Um, yes, we need to be people on purpose. Yes, we need to give our hands to great tasks. But it's also important to have this space in our life uh, to where we can be still so we can notice and observe. Because as we observe, as we observe things, uh, we definitely can hear from God. Uh, I think it was Lynn Sweet. He may have been quoting somebody else, but I heard from him first. He said, you could boil the teachings of Jesus down into two words. Watch carefully and uh, or be watchful, one of the two forms of that. And I think that's important. We tend to be so distracted. And so those who are closest to Jesus are those who've learned the skill of paying attention and keeping watch. So with those things in mind, we'll spend some time praying to our God this morning. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we thank you for the example of Moses. We know that he had a unique call, unique path. We also thank you that his story can feed into our story and it can inform us of how you move among other common people just like Moses. And so it's our desire, God, to know you and to follow you. It's our desire to, with the life that we've been given, to make the most of it uh, for the sake of faithfulness. And so we confess to you, God, that uh, we need to find our path. Uh, We need to get there. We need to get to the more well-lit place from where we stand today. And so this day we ask that uh, you help us, help us to uh, pay attention and to be observant of how um, you might be working in our lives and through our lives and around the, in, the, in the world around us so that we can move where we are to closer to where you are um, doing things in the world so we can participate in the great mission of God. Lord, we also ask for your help. Uh, we're a distracted people. We're a busy people. Um, it's because we want to be productive. And in the midst of that productivity, God, we do desire a margin so that we can rest and so we can contemplate and so that we can see something that we've been walking by and not noticing. And so God, we simply pray that you'd help us, help us to find spots in our day, help us to find places in our rhythm to be able to sit and to be still so that we can hear your voice. God, it's our desire to hear you. And so as we draw close to you this morning, allow our souls to rise to meet you. We pray that you'd speak to us, that it would be noticeable to us and we we would delight in it because we're in relationship with our Father. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.